It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast. Is wrestling death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, we're coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft the Marks. Hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 178 pounds. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft and host of this very show, with a man who is bigger than the list of Jeff Hardy's DUIs. If you've not seen SmackDown this week, that might not make sense in context, but it is Big Alex. And John's put himself on the same pace level as WWE by already making a remark about Jeff Hardy's DUIs. I will get to Even that. before you mentioned how you did not particularly like the handling of it and you went and made the same mistake. I know, we'll get to that when we come to the Burying Putovers on SmackDown this week. And with him, a man who drops names like Timothy Thatcher drops teeth, it's Gary Cassidy. Hello, Gary. Hello, Gary. Now, talking, let's get into it straight away. You know, the man likes to drop a name, Alex, as we know. Um, and this week he's been dropping some of the biggest names. In fact, he's friends. Friends. Who are you friends with now, Gary? Friends is a strong word. I wouldn't say friends. Um, but uh, I interviewed, or I kind of done a conference call, which was a wee mini interview with uh, Drew McIntyre. And then shortly after it, you know, I asked a question which related back to a time that I'd met him. Um, obviously to a wee hint in there, you know, do you remember? Um, which he probably didn't, but I got a wee follow on uh, Twitter immediately after, uh, sent him a thanks message um, and then got back, no, thank you for the support. Everything went quiet and then I got a load of stick on YouTube for my accent being too strong on a couple of other media outlets putting up the, the full video and went to Twitter as you do to post a wee bit of a, a frustrated message about it. Wasn't he too bothered, but I was like... Post it on Twitter. I'm a bit annoyed about it, so I'll chuck it out there. And got a, a random DM from the man himself uh, because he's went through a lot of struggles with his own accent, obviously. And I know he's my favourite wrestler on the planet. Having Dave Meltzer <laughs> are right up there now for, uh, for me being a massive fan of. So there you go. I would say that constitutes friendship if you're getting a DM response <laughs> on Twitter. I would say so. Now, uh, Gary and Drew. What is it like? <laughs> like an initial, like a. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Go. No, so I was going to say, so what is an acquaintance a follow than a friend's a DM? Yeah, I, I would say, I would say so well done in uh, getting Drew's friendship. You can now say you're officially friends with the WWE champion. Well done, Gary. The good thing is, however, from, from this, yeah, good thing for this podcast, however, is we recorded interviews, so you will be able to hear Gary gushing over Drew when you got to ask him three questions at conference, you'll be able to hear that later on the show. So we are billing this week's show as Wrestling Daft with the Marks, with Drew McIntyre, although we only asked Drew three questions. Uh, let's move on to looking forward to the big pay-per-view this weekend, which is streaming on the WWE Network. It's TakeOver in your house. I'm raging for a start. That is on a Sunday. When did he... Why did they move takeovers from Saturday to Sunday? 
Because it's now a, it's now a main event show, John. It's no longer apparently a B show, so they're going on on their own weekends. Uh, the advantage is that we're apparently getting more of them. This one feels like a bit of a specialist one because of the current situation. I don't think we were always meant to have it, so let's be thankful it's there. Yeah, it annoys me that they're doing it on a Sunday now because it means you can't sit up on a Saturday night getting drunk and watching it, right? Because you've got work the next day. Uh, so you let's work for a podcast company that covers the wrestling. You just need to work that into your hours, John. Point. I should put that down. Uh, let's run through the card quickly. Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Alex, how is that going? Um, I don't know who the second wrestler is. If you'd care to re-announce that match for the proper contestants, oh. please, I'd be much appreciated. <laughs> Uh, but no, I think Finn's going over there. We haven't seen Finn in a while now because I'm assuming is he been he's been over in Ireland, I think. Yeah, well, he's, he's made the odd appearance on NXT. He's made the odd appearance, but yeah, it just seems to have. It's been a bit of a lackluster build, I would say to that. But yeah, who do you see winning this one? Oh, I think it'll be Finn Balor because he is still in the middle of a push, and they're kind of building to that match with him and Walter. And at the moment, punishment's a little bit kind of lost in the fray ever since the end of the Keith Lee rivalry. You mean Damien Priest? No, I mean punishment Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, I can't even remember if it's Martinez or Rodriguez anymore. I'm so confused. <laughs> Gary. I don't know what match you're talking about. All I know of is Finn Balor versus the Archer of Infamy is happening on Sunday. <laughs> so I don't know what you're both talking about. Um, no, I think it's got to be Finn Balor as well. Um, you know, it probably is in NXT to be a guy who will put over people most of the time, but I feel like you kind of do that with it re-establishing who Finn Balor is, and I think we've been getting off to a bit of a shaky start as far as that's concerned while he's, you know, ever since he came back. I, I think they should make Balor a big star and then have him put over somebody. I don't think Damien Priest is, is the guy to give the big rub, and I don't think Finn Balor's in the place to give that big rub just now, um, so I, I think it's got to be Finn Balor. Yeah, Who's okay. putting the UK title on Balor in the near future? Do you think so? I think they might, because, I mean, they like Volta. I can see them trying to move Volta to the States. I know that he's against that, but if they've put the NXT titles on Imperium, so that kind of says to me that maybe they're trying to bring them across and then pump Star Power back into NXT UK, move Finn across, making the champ. A little bit of representation on both brands like Finn Pete Dunne used to do. Is that not a waste of Finn Balor, though? I don't know. I think it's bringing eyes to NXT UK. I mean, I thought um, I thought with Takeover they were gearing towards having Finn Balor win the title in, in Dublin, um, but then they kind of swerved away from it and they teased that we were going to get instead. Like while we were still getting the Finn Balor Walter feud, they teased Finn Balor versus Tyler Bate at the recent tapings, and then Ilya Dragunov became the number one contender. So I think they swerved away from that, but. It's an odd one. I think the Imperium thing, I think they've became tag champions essentially because they were already in America and kind of get back to Europe. And it's like, well, we might as well use them while they're here. <laughs> and we've lost the Forgotten Sons. Let's just put it on there and it'll be fine. Um, next card, <laughs> look at uh, Champa versus Carrion Cross. Gary, what do you think on this one? It's a, it's a hard one. I think this is a hard match. This is a hard match to call, but... I, I, that's the this is the match that interests me the most at the whole card, um, mainly because you know we've not seen much of Karrion Cross. He's been in two squash matches essentially, but obviously he did attack Champa after Champa's last feud. I think having him against Karrion Cross is a bit of a lose lose situation because you can't have him go over Cross because Cross is the new guy that they need to build up, 
but also Champa suffering two big losses and two big feuds in a row is a bit a bit much. Um, I can only see it being Cross, but I think it's going to be Cross wins this feud and maybe goes right into one of the two singles titles feuds or eventually even goes to Raw Smackdown uh, in the near future, maybe. Yeah, I, I think it's, I, I can see a screwy, screwy finish in this one. Out. Yeah, I was going to say two words, man. Screwy <laughs> finish. Screwy finish. Try and protect them both and hopefully move them away from each other because everything that Gary said is true. I was as surprised as he was that they put them together so early. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, totally, I thought it was a bit of a misstep from WWE's putting them straight into a feud that should have been built I think but as yeah and like you want to you want to put someone like they're bringing Cross in as a mega heel and I think Champa is now just like the uber tweener is he not yeah. so uh, mm-hmm. as much as they may be he's the baby face in the feud but he's not a baby face to get an uber heel over in my opinion yeah uh, North American Championship Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano Gary I'm really not a fan of them putting Gargano back into the, the title picture and, and the North American Championship one. I, I don't know. I feel like Keith Lee, his reign has been okay, but I feel like there's a lot more to see from Keith Lee. And I'm kind of the same way Gargano in the new direction they've taken him. So this match is one I'm actually no looking forward to, even though I know it's going to be an incredible match. Um, I think just because the way they've done it, this is the one I think might have a screwy finish. And I think we might be gearing towards a mixed match, um, tag team match, a mixed uh, tag team match between uh, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, and um, Johnny Gargano and Candice Liddy. So uh, if, if they do do a title change, then I guess Johnny Gargano's staying in NXT forever. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, has that not kind of been sold now that Gargano is NXT? The Johnny Gargano uh, way is NXT, apparently. Yeah. I, I, uh, which, where do you see this one going, Alex? Keith Lee retaining or Johnny Gargano picking up? <laughs> I'm kind of undecided on this one because they seem to have, like they were building Lee really high. They were giving him all those kind of promos into like his, his like his life and and all that jazz. And it, he just seems to that all seems to have stopped. So I'm a little bit worried they're just going to put the belt on Gargano to push that Gargano heel turn. Yeah, um, and let's go to the women's championship then. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Charlotte retaining. I'm guessing. Yep. One hundred percent. Yeah. No argument. No argument. Yeah, no argument. <laughs> especially, I don't see them losing to Charlotte in in a triple threat. I think you don't get the rub that you get off beating Charlotte one on one. And I'm now actually trying to figure out who the heck's going to be the one to do it. To be honest. Yeah. I know YouTube just wanted to be Shotzi, but oh, <laughs> maybe needs another year, maybe. Um, and then finally, we've got the, the NXT Championship, which looks like it's going to be a pre-produced mat, um, match by the sound of it, with all William Regal said that it's going to be, you know, I'll find your location, you're both under the spotlight, whatever that means. Um, but Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. I think Velveteen Dream's going to pick up the championship, you know. It's, it's time, is it not? It's 365 days yesterday, I think yeah. I saw. Yeah. I think based on the stipulation, they kind of need to have either Dream win or Dream lose and go to Raw or SmackDown because it's one of those ones that once you've lost a match where you can't challenge until the champion's lost it, it kind of puts your character into such a like a stalemate, essentially. Um, there was an interesting one on this, though, where the match is definitely, at least in some terms, a cinematic match. Um, I yet again got a wee, a wee message flagging up about this last week where... NXT United, I believe it is, were meant to have a Q&A session 
with Undisputed Era, and it was like, I think it ended up happening on Saturday, but Mick Foley was going to be asking fan questions to all three members. That got cancelled because they were recording the match on that day. Um, I think it was last Tuesday or Wednesday. can't remember exactly. I think it might have been Tuesday. Um, but essentially what they, what they have apparently done is had everyone go into the car lot at Full Sail University. And I don't know much more than that, but apparently there's something to do with the car lot and Full Sail University for this match. So it's interesting to see. I wanted it to be an in-your-house, like actual house match, but we'll wait and see. As long as it's not Bray Wyatt's house. No. <laughs> We've already seen that and it wasn't great. <laughs> Velveteen Dreams house could be interesting. Nope. <laughs> Imagine him and Prince's house would be very, very similar. Just like velour, fluffy walls. I mean, but you know, that kind of character, surely he should have a lot of cocaine and hookers. So I'm not sure if they can show that on WWE TV. It's the PG that now, Alex, for goodness sake. Um, so what is the PG equivalent of cocaine and hookers, John? That's my question. <laughs> I'll have to have a think about that one. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a decent um, event, you know, and obviously it's, it's streaming on the WWE Network for free. So, yeah, unfortunately not a Saturday night, so I won't be up, we won't be having a Patreon party for this one, unfortunately, but um, we'll be back with a full report on it next week. Um, for the rest of the show this week, um, as we say, we've got three questions for Drew McIntyre, which Gary asked. Will we reveal these three questions now? Or do, I think we should tease them, Gary. Uh, so you'll have to listen to the Drew McIntyre to hear the three questions that Gary got to ask. But he has been making headlines all over the world. I've noticed a lot of the wrestling press has picked up on Gary's three questions. They couldn't understand them, apparently. But yeah, no doubt. Right. Because I said on the transcript. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Fancy Booking Island as usual. And Gary has the book this week, as it's me against Alex. Gary, what shall we be booking this week? We all know I love a name drop. So, of course, I was going to pick something that I could drop a name as I was uh, introducing it. And it had to be another one of my new best friends who also I got a wee, uh, a wee follow and a wee message on uh, Twitter the other night after I congratulated him on his, his SmackDown announcement. So, Matt Riddle is now a SmackDown superstar. He got a massive introduction for one Kurt Angle. We need to think he's going to be making a big impact there and having a massive debut or at least a first run. So, what is Matt Riddle's SmackDown debut or first chunk of his SmackDown run? Interesting. So, it's me against Alex on that. Um, I am on a complete losing streak and Alex is on uh, a streak similar to The Undertaker's. So, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I thought it was compared to Kurt Hawkins last time, I believe. I am I'm pretty much. Man- Mansoor. I don't like the affiliation with Saudi Arabia though. <laughs> Nothing against Mansoor, but... <laughs> we'll be buddying and putting over all the stuff from the shows from this week uh, with one of our fellow marks, Tom Flanagan, from our Patreon. And Gary will have all the news from the business. But first, it's that time of the show where we like to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So it's Alex's turn to pick up the mic this week. Alex, what are you angry about? So let's talk about debuts. Am I the only one who recently has felt that we haven't seen a good debut in a very long time? Like in my mind, the last thing I can really remember being really impactful was John Moxley, and that was over a year ago. Any examples, gentlemen? Well, Karen Cross. That's one. <laughs> Anymore. I, I would also disagree with that because while I think the debut was good, I hate debuts being squash matches. 
I feel like, you know, you need a, a big stage, a big debut. And I'm going to be even worse. I think the last good one was Taz at Madison Square Garden oh, against Kurt Angle. <laughs> See, like, this is the thing, you know, you think back, like, even the recent ones, I mean, the, the pillar for me was like your John Morrison being announced on Instagram. I mean, you could argue that that almost suits John Morrison's character, but no hype, no interest. The Matt Hardy one in AEW one for me was just weird. It was just him staring into the crowd for lots and lots of time. And what really topped it off for me this week was the debut of the FTR uh, on Dynamite. Um, How meh was that for like essentially um, one of the most subtly and kind of built storylines in YouTube history? It just kind of comes and they just kind of roll up in a truck through John's favorite gate and beat up our new mustache brother, the butcher. So <laughs> kind of got me thinking is why, why do we not get this? And why do we not get these amazing debuts anymore? Like your NWOs, your Canes and Unfortunately, the reason I've kind of come to is that it's actually our own fault. Because now the way that we consume content is that we have to know everything about the product. We now have this offshoot of podcasts, this exact example. So nothing can be a secret. We have to know all the news all the time. So essentially, we go need bloody spoil it for ourselves. <laughs> like we make it literally impossible for them to be able to surprise us anymore because we just know everything. So we've been like Alex for putting us out of business. <laughs> I know. Fucking hell, Alex. Podcast world now. This is what pays for. No, it doesn't pay. Well, I'm more saying they need to find a new way to surprise us. They will, I was going to say the last one. Then the last good one. Then I would say is probably Ronda Rousey, even though it wasn't a match. I think that was a, a big. Yeah, because I'm more thinking like the initial impact, the initial debut. If you know what I mean, like the Brian Cage one for me was fine, but we all knew the final entrant of the ladder match was going to be a surprise, didn't we? And it was like a priori, it was a pre-set up surprise. So for me, that takes it away, you know, when it's like a surprise entrant in a match. You know, I want something like The Shield coming out of nowhere and attacking CM Punk in the middle of a WWE Championship match. That's the kind of debut impact that you want. Gallows and Anderson and uh, WWE when they came out in their normal clothes and attacked the Usos. That one for me was brilliant. That, that second ago, and I don't know who these guys are. And then, oh wait, it's Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you don't really know them too well. But I think it depends on the promotion. It depends on the talent as well. Like you can, you've got to kind of mix and match and muddle it about. But there just seems to be a lost art to me now. You make a valid point, sir, but don't bury podcasts, eh? I'm not burying podcasts. I'm just saying that the way, the way everything, the way we've consumed media has changed. <laughs> That's the point. On Wrestling Daft, we have our very own Patreon service, or as Grado likes to call it, Patreon service. Um, you can get lots of extra content from Wrestling Daft, from us guys, and also from Rab and Gradio by signing up at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Um, you can choose what tier. We've got tier one, which is about £3 a month on that. You'll get Patreon-only chat community, ad-free versions of all episodes, early episode access, bonus content from the show, full video version of this very podcast, and you get to vote on who you want to see feature on the list of Wrestling Daft. Um, tier 2 is our Intercontinental Champion, about £700 a month. Get everything in the previous tier as well, a video version of Rabbit Gradle on the headline show. Uh, you get invites to our Patreon pay-per-view parties uh, and you get bonus episode once a month. And I, we're about to record one on AEW, our report card on AEW. Three of us are great record that. Speaking of Patreon promises, we haven't seen your um, entrance video replication yet, John. I haven't seen that go up. <laughs> we'll get to that later on. Um, so we will. I think it was a punishment that someone ensued last week and then uh, landed on their own shoulder. 
yes. Um, we'll get to that later on. Uh, you'll get also a bonus episode this month when we get them tied down uh, eventually. Grey Roads, the It's Yourself, the story of Grey Road, chapter one, um, where we'll look at the start of his wrestling career. Uh, tier 3 is a World Heavyweight Champion, which is $20 a month, about 15 quid, everything the previous years. Plus, uh, you get a free t-shirt if you can sign up for a minimum of three months. You get to come on the show as one of our marks, and you'll get tickets to the live events when we get them up and running. So, if you fancy getting involved, we'd love to welcome you to the roster. Get on to patreon.com forward slash wrestling <laughs> Okay, it's from the world of wrestling, um, and this week we welcome one of our film marks, one of our patrons. Uh, welcome to the show, Tom Flanagan. How are you doing, Tom? I'm all right, guys. You? I uh, we're very well, thank you. Very well. Um, how long have you been listening to wrestling that for? Um, like I, I, you know, I, I've been listening really from the start, pretty much on and off. I don't catch all of them, but I'm a big fan. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And obviously, you prefer this show to Rab and Grado, don't you? I feel like I'm congratulately, uh, congratulately obliged at this point to say that. But yeah, 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 are, yeah, are, yeah, actually. Are. <laughs> uh, so, Tom, you're coming on to do the bounce and put overs from SmackDown for us. What are your wrestling credentials, my friends? Um, my credentials. Um, just been a fan for I don't know the best part of 15 years now. At this point, I'm 24 year old, so that sounds about right. Um. So, yeah, just uh, as, a, as a, a, a fan, really. Yeah, yeah. What was your first show that you went to, mate? The first show I went to was, um, do you remember they'd done a Raw from Sheffield? Uh, and Ricky Hatton was announced as just down the road in Manchester, England. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> the kind of tradition of Michael Cole not understanding British geography. Uh, <laughs> like when Neville was from a small mining town outside London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you are, there you are. Uh, well, cool. Listen, good to have you on board, and you've got two buddies and two people responsible for us. Um, but we're going to first of all start with AEW and Alex. Well, this week, I'll admit, I was, I was mildly disappointed with this week's show, if I'm honest, but I've, got, I've still got my provisional berries and pullovers. I do just a couple of observations to make first. First of all, how good shape is Matt Hardy in, and when did Matt Hardy get into that good shape? I just halfway through the show had like a remembrance back to Matt Hardy in TNA in 2010. And for the life of me, I can't understand how Matt Hardy 10 years ago looks twice as bad as he does now. <laughs> that, that's just one. And my second one is what the hell is the path of cage and where does it lead? <laughs> and, and <laughs> but that's just my overall observation. I'll get, I'll get into the meeting just a little bit. So I'm going to have to go back to the well and start off and bury old Brit again, mainly because... Oh, no! <laughs> two reasons, right? Two reasons, two reasons, right? First of all, why do you need a whiteboard when you've got a screen directly above you and you're also already using the screen? Like, I, I get for the pointer, but she could have had a laser pen, other tools and props she could have used at that point. But the thing I'm really burying about it is why are they trying to build a storyline around a conspiracy around Aubrey Edwards? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, like, kind of the meeting, like, originally I thought it was going somewhere, and then, you know, the last three injuries, she's like, where was Aubrey? Um, nowhere to be seen. And it was like, oh, I thought, I thought this like, actually had some, actually had some meat to it, if you don't, I mean, for a second I believed them, and then it all just fell away. And I was left disappointed, if I'm honest. 
I really hoped that you'd put Brit over because of simply the role model thing on the back of the chair, the wheelchair, because that was gold. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was a couple of good little segments. Like, what was the other bit when she said, um, Statlander, you being an alien is a crock of shit. Or something like that. And she started ripping through everyone else's gimmicks. Like, it was... I, like, I'm not actually burying Brit, right? I'll make that clear. I'm burying the concept of the segment. Burying wakeboards. Really <laughs> I think I'm just too used to burying Brit in general, but... I'm, I'm a reformed man now, and I'm burying the segment and not Brit. Okay, I've moved on. I've learned. Now I'm going to have to do the difficult thing and bury, but put over the same segment since I'm on the berries. It's going to have obviously going to have to be the inner circle pep rally. So we'll start with the negative. Screaming cheerleader Vicky Guerrero. That doesn't suffice as a full bury, but still we don't need Vicky as a cheerleader. But secondly, what the hell is Mike Tyson? What the hell is Mike Tyson on the mic? What the hell is Mike Tyson's posse? Like, who is that guy with the makeup? But most importantly, oh, what the hell is that Mike guy? Tyson's I can add one shirt? bit of uh, greatness. The best thing about the the guy with the makeup was an actor called Mickey Gooch, and uh, Fightful ran a story saying Mickey Gooch taints end of uh, <laughs> dynamite. And I was like, that's gold. <laughs> that's the best headline of all. It's things. one of those names you just want for pure journal, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Nothing else. But my other big question from the like, it was this this left me one other big question, right? What happened to the cheese platter? Like, it was never explained. It was never explained. I want to know what happened to the cheese platter. I don't think I'm ever gonna know. I don't think I'm ever gonna know. But I have to kind of be mean though and put over everyone else in the segment as I really liked the kind of the concept of the inner circle taking a loss really well with the t-shirts with the really, really bad gifts that didn't make any sense. But I think the thing that they really pushed it over for me was Jake Hager channeling Liam Neeson and looking dead into the camera and say going on about his special set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jake Hager's poem, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Like, like one, one of my friends recently, he was he's quite negative on Hager. And if I'm honest, like, I quite liked, like some of the bits that they've used him in has been excellent. Like you had the bits originally when he would say no for Jericho, was it? Because Jericho couldn't say it, or was it sorry or something along those lines when he was doing the word. And the bar bit with, with Hangman and this, I think it's just the right casting for him. I think it just works. And the other thing I'm going to put over is the Battle Royal, because that to me is how a Battle Royal should be put. Before the match, you had the big promo that kind of set up the big story of MJF and Wardlow. Also, why did Wardlow sound like a Japanese anime villain? It's, it's, it, just, it just sounds like a comedy character. It sounds like Fu Manchu with an American accent, and I did not understand why that was the case. <laughs> you had like the surprise of Billy Gunn, and see, if, see now that they've done this a couple of times, AEW have to have Billy Gunn in every battle royal they ever have, or else I'm not going to be satisfied. And they had like the Jurassic Express kind of um, teaming up, and you had the Cassidy slow walking to the ring and stuff like that. Yeah, it all just made sense to me. It was a great use of the Battle Royals to draw all the storylines together. And I think Jungle Boy is he's almost become the forgotten young talent behind MGF and behind Sammy G. So it's nice to see him get a little push in with Cody. Match of the night has to be the new focus on Kip and uh, on Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc going over SEU, like just adding to this really ridiculously deep tag team they've got. The guys have started a new wee tag team finisher, and they even had JR, who started going on about some match that he commented in 1970 with two Brits. It was, it was great. It all worked. It's genius. Cool. Uh, match of the night? 
That was the match of the night. Kip and, Kip and Jimbo versus SCU. Yeah. I really wanted Alex to just come on and say, I put over the first hour of Dynamite and I bury the second hour of Dynamite. And <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the notes this week. I'm just done with it. <laughs> well, I already kind of talked about that beforehand, so I didn't want to go back into it. But if I get a third bury, then it's definitely the FTR thing. The one thing I will say, did you not notice the little bit of unison between the what all the teams are wearing. Like, Butcher and the Blade were in all white, the Bucks were in their wrestling gear, and then, like, yeah. Max and Cash had their little matching jackets. Yeah, yeah. We're all for that. We're all for that. So that's AEW. Um, I guess it's over to me on NXT for this week. Um, let's start with the Burries. I hate to do this. I hate to do this. It's, it's giving me such pain to do this. One more. Have the Burry shot safe. No! <laughs> Did anybody see the Everybody's got to ruin my life this week. <laughs> just put John on mute and we'll just have the NXT Barry <laughs> segment as silence for the next three minutes. It'll be fine. I, I, the coffin drop that she did, I don't know if you, you saw the coffin drop that she did. Yeah. I think, do you know what? It was a bit think, of a Barbie drop, wasn't it? Just Yeah, it looked so, I mean, there was, a, there was genuine concern for her well-being when she did it because she hit really, really sore. I mean, Maybe it shouldn't be shots, it should be burying, but maybe coffin drops in general. I don't think it's a very good... Hey, sorry, sorry. Do you want Darby Allen to, like, start me? I was going to say, we're a Darby Allen t-shirt right now. We need the coffin drops for Darby Allen. <laughs> I know. You can't, you can't bury coffin drops in general just because your girl can't do a coffin drop. Uh, okay, <laughs> maybe that's it. But it is, you know, not looking for you to go in that kind of dead man fall idea. It's never a good idea, especially when you're doing it to the outside of the ring. Um, so I'm going to have to body shot. I can't believe I'm doing it. Shots his coffin drop. Ah, I hate myself. Um, the other buddy from this week, Oni Orkin, Danny Birch, the people that like a fight in a pint. They were in a pub, and what were they drinking? Fucking fizzy water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> build up this kick-ass tag team, and they're, they're sitting in a pub, cheersing it, each other with fizzy water. I kind of, I kind of like the I kind of like the concept of it. The way they were like, you know, I've never felt so alive until like me and Danny got in the ring that first time. And do you know what I mean? I thought it was good. I don't know why I did a Scottish accent there. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I. I didn't like. I think they're, they're. I'm good. I was glad to see character development for them because they're a great tag team and just a real kick-ass tag team. But yeah, drinking fizzy water in a pub is doing nothing for the character. So yeah, burying that this week. Um, right, let's go on to the putovers. Um, and we've got to just put over the fight pit, the NXT fight pit. How fucking cool did that look? This it worked. Like I'm surprised they haven't done it more, but I'm also quite surprised they didn't have any ropes. I thought it was great. I, I thought it was it was it was exceptional. This is going to be NXT's Hell in the Cell. I think going forward, this will be the NXT you know Hell in a Cell where it's like everything, the accumulation of a, a rivalry will be settled in the fight pit because it worked and it worked. I guess. I mean, I guess it worked so well for the two competitors that were in it, but I could see this working for, for other people as well. So I thought it looked cool, sounds cool. So yeah. I'd have liked more high spots off the high bit, though. Yeah. That's set up beautifully for tag team high spot moves. Like. Yeah. I, 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 I thought two weeks ago that I'm going, I don't know how they're going to top the actual match they had that was just a normal match because I thought that was incredible, but they did it. And I thought that 
the the cage fight, just the full premise. It, you know, what they done with the teeth was incredible. Yeah, I was going to say I've got that up as my we're recording this in Zoom, and I've got that up as my my background of the teeth come out. What a brilliant spot! I've never I've never seen that spot before. But you know, just it was a nice spot and just like justified that absolute violence in the match. So I, I thought it was really, really good. I would put over Drake, and it was great to see him progressing. And fingers crossed that he keeps going. But I'm going to have to do it, and I'm going to have to hate myself for doing this as well. I'm going to have to put over Gargano as a heel. <laughs> I know. I would. Say, <laughs> I know. I would say he never work as a heel, but he's really starting to work it. I mean, the all heart, no soul. I thought was a, is a really nice touch. Is a really nice touch. And he's really getting proper good heel heat now. And yeah, I, I hate. I'd say he doesn't work as a, a heel, but he's now really starting to work as a heel. So is there is there like a new genre of wrestling heels that's just to piss off the internet wrestling community? And so they make the, the wrestler they like heel just so they become a heel to them, yeah, almost. Yeah. Just so they stop raving about them, you know? Yeah, it might be. I just I, I thought he's, he's really starting to come on as, as a heel now. Um, loads of our stuff I could put over. I loved the finish in the Drake match as well. By the way, I thought that was a great finish when, you know, Kishida had him in the... Aye. In the, the submission move and Drake pinned them, I thought it was great. But yeah, I uh, Gargano is heel and uh, the fight pit in general. So that that is my two putovers. Uh, and match of the night has to be Thatcher Riddle. Uh, one of the matches, absolutely brutal. Loved it. Um, and yeah, more of that. Please. More of that. Please. Uh, let's go over now to our uh, Mark. Um, our guest Mark for today. It's Tom and uh, NXT. Uh, sorry. Smackdown, that'll be what you're on to. Oh, so you're doing Smackdown next week in the Monster United. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, so you give me the hard job. Um, so, I, 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 weirdly, I'm going to put over Otis, right? But I'm also going to bury the segment they had with him and Mandy. <laughs> um, I'll admit, I watched a bit with the shower and the, like, the comparison to the film, and it's, it's, it's truly beautiful. He rips the shirt off amazingly. <laughs> You know, Much better than Mike Tyson, can I add? The kind of 70s porn parody they've got going on at the minute with, it, with those kind of segments. I'm not really... I'm enjoying the sort of creativity that WWE having when we have this, you know, with the current circumstances. But I, I, I don't particularly enjoy those segments. I, I like the kind of concept of Otis as like a baby face. I know he's, he's kind of divided opinion on it, but I think, you know, it's nice to have that kind of everyman uh, kind of gimmick. Um, people have compared it with Dusty Rhodes. Is it fair? Uh, but I think he's, he's uh, I think he's doing brilliant. So I've got to put him over. But the segment itself uh, was rather painful to watch. Um, I, do, do you remember how good SmackDown used to be? This is something that I've been feeling really frustrated with. Uh, when, when you said I've got to do SmackDown, I thought, well, you know, <laughs> not my favourite one of the choice, but you know, uh, especially when it comes to picking a match of the night. But I'll come on to that in a minute. Um, another thing I want to put over. Obviously, you've talked about Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher in the fight pit. Uh, Matt Riddle coming to SmackDown is something that I want to put over massively. Um, I wish he was on SmackDown as it was a year ago, but um, uh, the, the idea of putting Kurt Angle with him, I really love. Um, I think that's going to be a really good kind of... I don't know if it's going to work as he's going to be some kind of manager or advocate or whatever you want to call it, um, but it kind of gives you that kind of real big fight feel whenever Matt Riddle's going to be there because everyone knows Kurt Angle. 
Do you think a lot of the Kurt Angle coming back to WWE is just a reaction from them as they realize that AEW will sign Kurt Angle in a second? Well, I, I think I think they, they kind of got a bit of regret about that that big release that they did a the, the couple of months ago. Um, and I think Kurt Angle was definitely one that the fans were kind of upset about. So I, I definitely think they have jumped the gun uh, on getting... Well, not just jumped, they shouldn't have got rid of him in the first place, but they've, they've definitely uh, been AEW picking him up on a, on a free transfer, as it were. Hmm. Um so yeah, I definitely want to put over Matt Riddle and Kurt Angle as a wee team. Um, the other thing I want to bury um, was the, the kind of Jeff Hardy arrest segment. Now, uh, obviously, there's a big thing going on in America just now, and I feel like it's poorly timed to have one of their faces dragged off by police. Uh, so obviously, it was all starting on Friday, and it had a big kind of vibe to the Mohammed Hassan SmackDown 7-7 situation. And it just, I kind of watched oh, you it. Didn't. I love it, I love it, that's great. <laughs> and, and, and Bruce Pritchard was involved in both. But um, I just kind of was sat cringing at the kind of idea of it, of whatever came into Vince or Bruce Pritchard's mind when they were plan- planning uh, planning that particular segment. I, I don't really want to think about it too much, but I want to bury it. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, we, we discussed that. I mean, it, I, I guess it was good because we kind of paid it off and it was hanging over until the next episode, this DIY stuff. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a bit inappropriate myself. And in terms of match of the night, um, I think I've got to go for Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. I actually thought, you know, I'm really enjoying the, the kind of tournament they've got going on at the minute. Obviously, you know, Sami Zayn shouldn't have been stripped of it as far as I'm concerned, but I think that the tournament itself is going to be very enjoyable. I think they were too, they were too good. You know, you're struggling to find a good TV match these days, uh, especially when you've got AEW and NXT training out, the kind of quality that they're training out. But I particularly enjoyed Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. Yeah, nice one. Thank you very much for that. Tom, let's move on to Raw with Charlie. Yeah, um, so my main bury that I was going to do wasn't even something that happened on Raw during Raw. It was something that happened on Twitter at the same time as Raw, and it was Jackson Riker. But I decided that I had to stick to the show, so I decided not to bother burying Jackson Riker because WWE superstars have done that job for me in the best way they could. So we'll get that out of the way. Um <sighs> A big bury for me is them recapping hour one of Raw while we were still in hour one of Raw. Um, they, they recapped the full first segment and match for about 10 minutes, which weirdly I think they might have removed something from the show. Um, Liv Morgan had tweeted out our usual watch me, and then after the show deleted that tweet. So I don't know if they removed that or removed something else, but they've done a really lengthy summary of what happened in the first hour, 10 minutes after it happened, um, more so than they normally do. Um, so that that's a bitty. The second one kind of goes into that same path where it was a production thing, uh, but this one I think was deliberate, but it still wasn't good. Um, so the very end of the show... We had, you know, Bobby Lashley catches Drew McIntyre in the full Nelson, which is the thing that I think, you know, when Bobby Lashley is a heel, that's what I've been desperate to see, is if they go with having that one moment of weakness for Drew and put Bobby Lashley over. Um, and they kind of done it. They had him catch him and they had a struggle, but they abruptly cut it off. Like I said earlier, um, you know, Raw Talk is coming back. So I think Raw Talk being back last night, they tried to use it as a hook where the abrupt ending meant everybody would turn over and watch Raw Talk to see what happened, which is fine. I love when they do something like that. 
But they didn't, uh, didn't explain it. They essentially just said, oh, as the camera stopped rolling, they, uh, they had Drew struggling. He didn't pass out. Nothing happened. It was just, uh, he was struggling in that hold until people separated it. And it's like, you kind of need to show us them separating it for it to make any sense. Um, so I, that ending was a bit annoying because I think the feud has been built really well and I was just like, kind of ruined it. And again, my put over, I was going to be cheeky and put over uh, Drew McIntyre just for the full... Uh, the, the full reason that, that wouldn't that be six weeks in a row, Gary? Six weeks in a row. I decided not to bother putting them over. You know what? The thing that I was going to put over to be specific wasn't it just the fact that he's now my and John's love wrestling friend, uh, which I'm, I'm saying he isn't. Um, but the thing was how natural his promos are, uh, which is one of the things that is in the interview, um, interview that's going up later. Um, but I decided to no, no do that. Um, so, John's going to be unhappy again. I'm putting over the Viking Raiders Street segment because... <laughs> I'm actually kind of with Gary on this. It's been getting better. <laughs> Much like John's U-turn on Johnny Gargano as a heel, they've definitely got me on this one where I hated it at first. I thought the first segment was terrible, but I really enjoyed it last night um, and I've enjoyed the last few. I'm not sure how I feel about them keeping up with it going forward. It's going to get boring very quickly, but I thought it was okay. Um, I thought it was quite good. What were they doing uh, last night? Paintball? They were, they were 10 pin bowling. Oh, <laughs> and it ended up like the. So last, last week you were talking about them playing golf. And you watched you, did you watch the video of them playing golf, right? They fully committed. They had the full gear on and everything. Like, I went back and watched that after last they, week. They'd done after Happy me. Gilmore for the golf, but they, they didn't do Big Lebowski for the bowling, sadly. Oh, did they not have the full uniform uh, matching? But it, it was entertaining. Like, I, I keep saying it, where I think they're both, like, it's four entertaining guys. It's just, you know, I, I, I kind of like it when I, I thought Viking Raiders were best as, like, a serious tag team. But they're winning me over. They're definitely winning me over. Um, and the other put over is going to lead into my match of the night where I'm putting over just good matches. They've just, they gave us just good matches all night. They, get, they started off with Seth Rollins versus Alistair Black, and it was brilliant. And everybody knew it was going to be brilliant because it's Seth Rollins versus Alistair Black. The second hour, we kicked off with, and of course it didn't end the way it should have, but we kicked off with Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens. I'm never going to complain about that match. And then, of course, we also got Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. That's three like pay-per-view quality matches. I said this last week about SmackDown, where they, they gave us, like, I can't remember, two weeks ago, sorry. They gave us three pay-per-view level, uh, pay-per-view level quality matches. I'm never going to complain at that. And my match of the night, if I have to pick out of them, I'm definitely choosing Seth Rollins, Alistair Black, um, because it was brilliant. And I forgot to mention one additional berry is Dominic Mysterio's promo, because it was terrible. <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll forgive him because he's, he's you. <laughs> Good. Well, I'll, I'll make sure I go and rewatch Ken uh, Ray playing the Street Profits at golf. Apparently, oh sorry, Ken Pinbowen. Ken Pinbowen. Oh, someone will have montaged it on YouTube somewhere, mate. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll go and watch that. Um, Tom, thank you so much for joining us and buddy up over this week. Yeah, uh, it's uh, to have you on, mate. Thanks, Archie. No worries. And uh, remember, if you want to get your boys and put overs for the headline show, you can do that. It's dead easy. Just get on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Instagram at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. It's the wrestling news. With Gary Cassidy and his new friend, Drew McIntyre, wrestling friends. You make it sound like Drew's coming on the news, John. You're <laughs> He's a little bit overexcited with that. He's actually not, but we've got the three questions Gary got to ask his new best pal. Uh, that's coming up in the next wee while. But what has been happening on the news, Gary? Obviously, all of those questions asked came out with massive news of themselves. So we're just pretending that doesn't happen and going to the lesser news, of course, right now. Um, which the B news. Isn't true. The, uh, B the big news. Aye, uh, the B news. Uh, <laughs> the big news that came out um, yesterday, I got a wee email, and this has obviously been, you know, this, this has been rumoured for a long time. I got an email where we break down of it here, but WWE are offering a new version of the network, which is free completely free and um, you don't even need to use a credit card to sign up which is pretty you know pretty good you don't really get that in many subscription based things are now but obviously it means that the content is slightly different to the paid version so the big thing that uh, got announced with it was that raw talk has now returned which was 20 minutes after raw where a couple of interviews in the ring um, it was pretty entertaining for you know tw- a wee 20 minute show that would lead you to believe that Talking Smack may come back, but that was one of the things. There was a few other originals listed, but the big difference here, um, you are getting Raw Smackdown NXT about a month after um, they've initially aired, which isn't too different to the paid version. I don't think at all different. Yeah, the big difference Hulu and stuff is, have all the rights for that, don't they? Yeah, I, um, that is a licensing issue that will probably never change unless the TV deals change, um, but you would have to imagine it won't. Um, but, you know, Raw Talk I mentioned there, there's also things like uh, Ride a Long Table for Three, a load of the originals. The big difference is the one thing that you definitely need to pay for if you want to pay for them is pay-per-views. Um, they are not on the free version. That's the one thing that is, is definitely probably never going to change because you need to make money for pay-per-views. But if you just want to see some wrestling content, going to cost you nothing. So can't I really complain at that, much like listening to this here podcast that's some free content for you. So, yeah, no complaints there. Aye, it's, it's, not, it's not bad, apart from you get stuck with all the shite, like, table for three. <laughs> actually, it's you know, true, I, like, I mean... I, I, table for three's not... I, some of the, I love table for three. <laughs> Ride dog's a bit pishy, though, I have to say. <laughs> Look at John, just fucking pick up a gift horse in the mouth, eh? Um... We've already had Matt Riddle uh, move up to the main roster. We're going to talk about him on Fantasy Booking Island, but it looks like there could be another NXT prospect on their way to the main roster. Yep, and I actually need to put over somebody here um, that got to this before Dave Meltzer because I got a wee email asking if I'd held anything to which I replied, I have held absolutely hee-haw on this. Um, so I was completely clueless. But apparently Dominic Dijakovic is on the way to the main roster. 
Um, he teased a wee bit last night, which was uh, quite a fun way to do it. If anybody seen, he put up just a photo of the United States Championship because we knew we were getting a mystery opponent for Apollo Cruz. Uh, he was choosing his own opponent. Didn't end up being Dijakovic, um, but there's a lot of rumours that he's going to be the next person to go uh, to the, the main roster. I keep saying Raw or SmackDown. Uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that he's still only 33. He's a big guy that can fly about. You know, you can see the attraction there. But it is an odd one, you know, much like Matt Riddle. I feel like we should have seen a lot more of him than we have in NXT, but the stuff we've seen has been brilliant. So I guess why would you not want to put him on Raw SmackDown? Um, aye, so Dave Meltzer followed up. The person that initially said to me, I should actually say their name to put them over, otherwise I'm not putting them over, um, was Louis Dangour from WrestleTalk. Uh, he asked me about it and then he put out a story and he'd confirmed that we a few people that, you know, that was what the plan was. Dave Meltzer reported it, I think, a day or two later. No idea when, um, but, you know, this is kind of old news now. It was known that it wasn't going to be on last night's Raw because that was taped last Monday. Uh, and obviously, these things have a habit of getting out. But, might see him soon. Out of interest, how much do you guys think that the recent NXT call-ups are trying to plug holes in the roster because they all live in Florida? That's, that's one thing I'm slightly worried about with all these call-ups. That, you know, you do worry about that because you, you worry that, like, I mean, Dijakovic could be, I mean, a major star. I mean, I mean, like you say, he's 33. I mean, he's still got miles left in the tank, but he could be a major star if built properly. But you just feel, like Alex says, are these people just getting called up to plug holes at the moment and they're just going to get lost in the mid-card from here on? He's a, he's a guy that I can see that happen to. Riddle not so much, just due to his character, but Dijakovic, he's great on, in the ring, but out with the ring. You know? Yeah, that's that's the one thing everyone would kind of say about Dijakovic is I like him, but I'm, I don't really know too much about him apart from the fact he likes to warm up in front of a Croatian flag. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's my one big worry is, you know, the thing that's happened even before uh, the current situation is whenever part-time people come back, people that, you know, haven't been major stars or haven't quite broke through tend to be the ones that lose out in the opportunities. Obviously, we could be, you know, Performance Centre might be the home of WWE for a long time, so they might get that time to build themselves, but you never know. You never know what will happen. We might see somebody moved up and then just lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And let's end with some happy news. Let's get out the streamer, the fireworks. Alex and uh, Alex has got, if you're watching on the... I'm just going to crack a celebratory beer for this segment yet, just because <laughs> I'm that happy. Excellent. So normally I don't like celebrating releases. Um, because somebody's lost their job ultimately. But as far as we know, Gronkowski has a job playing American football, which is why this release has essentially been sanctioned. Hell of a run. Uh, what, a month yeah, and a half? He's, he's, he's undefeated. He was always undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> he's undefeated. I've got a picture of him being behind me. Jesus. He went out. We, talk, we spoke last or two weeks ago about um, you know how Drew Gulak, if he was ending with WWE went out in the best possible way. What better way than getting pinned by R-Truth? Um, Gul uh, Gronk might have went out in a better way than Gulak and, you know, hopefully we'll not see him next week. Um, but apparently, this was a mutual decision. There was a release clause in Gronk's contract that meant if he was to return to football, which there was talk of him retiring altogether, if he was to return to football, he could decide to not pursue things with WWE which it kind of makes sense because the football season probably seems like it's going to start back up at some point in the near future. And that will probably be before they could utilise a, a Gronk. 
Um, but I traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That actually made me think that it was going to do more with WWE because it's not that far away from where the performance center is. But it seems like after two months, Rob Gronkowski is gone. That's not to say we'll not see him again. You, you've got to imagine that him and WWE will stay close and they'll maybe work in some capacity in the future. But it seems like at least it won't be in a, a full-time capacity and hopefully not when we're holding a championship ever again. Yay! <laughs> I'm now going to be worried for when Rob does eventually retire from the NFL because you can see Vince just standing there with his arms wide as if The Rock was coming back, you know? Oh. Well, I'm, I'm actually, the odd thing, like personal, this is, I've not got any you know, knowledge of this, but personally, I think maybe he's just decided it's not for him because there was the thing that came out um, with his WrestleMania moment where he jumped off the platform that apparently Vince McMahon had to personally jump off the platform to show him that it was safe to do. So if he had a problem doing that, he's only really taken a couple of roll-ups and done that one jump. Maybe he's just decided it's not for him and maybe if he is back, it won't be in a, a physical situation. Well, I like to end on a happy note, the news. It's nice to end on a happy note. So let's all celebrate and say goodbye to Rob. Bye, Rob. <laughs> so we're all stuck at home these days and we're using a lot more internet than we, we normally do. Um, and internet privacy is a big thing, thing especially on your own home network. Uh, you, if you fire up incognito mode on your browser, um, you think no one can steal what you're doing, right? Well, you'd be wrong. Even incognito mode or privacy mode, your online, online activity can still be traced. Even if you query your browser history, Alex, I know what you're like. Even if you query your browser... That's why I use a VPN, John. Exactly. <laughs> you need to get on to ExpressVPN because if you use a VPN, none of that can be traced. ExpressVPN makes sure your internet service provider, that's your ISP for people in the know, can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Now, each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and you can't be traced back to you, right? So you with me, Alex? This is good advice for so, you. So what you're saying, John, is that defending your ISP is their USP. That's a great catchphrase. You definitely <laughs> use that. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information will always be protected. Use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone in your home. ExpressVPN has that all covered on every device. You just have to tap a button and use ExpressVPN, and you're sorted out. It's also the most trusted vpn on the market it's rated number one by cnet wired the verge and loads more so here's what we're offering you on wrestling daft if you sign up for wrestling uh, for express vpn vpn today you can secure your online activity by using this link expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling if you head to there that's our special link if you sign up for the 12 month plan we're going to give you three months extra for nada that's niente three months free if you save up if you uh, sign up for the one year package so if you want to get that very simple expressvpn.com slash wrestling that's expressvpn.com slash wrestling get internet privacy and get three months free when you sign up to a one year plan <laughs>
So we brought you some big names in wrestling recently. We've had Matt Riddle on the show. We've had Leo Rush. We've had Christian. Wow. Like you say, as we said, it touched on, Rab and Gradle are not happy about this situation. Um, and we're billing this episode, The Marks, with Drew McIntyre. There's a little bit of... I was always told in, when I worked on radio, it's all about the sizzle, not the sausage. So this is very much a sizzle, because it's not a full interview with Drew. However, Gary was invited onto a press conference with Drew, and he got to ask three questions, didn't you, Gary? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the kind of thing where I always build them as a kind of mini-interview, because... You know, I still get to ask a few questions. It's essentially a short version of an interview. So hopefully the three questions are uh, entertaining enough that people will find something to take away from them. Um, and I sometimes three three good questions is better than ten bad questions. That's that's what I like to say. A nice way to think about it. Is it? So actually, in saying that, Gary, your questions must have been good because most of it's been picked up by the wrestling press. And I've seen so many stories about the questions which are about to be asked Drew McIntyre. I can't believe, he, however, you didn't ask him about his match against Gradle. He'll be very disappointed about that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. yeah, actually, I had a, I had a big list of questions. Um, one of them that I didn't get to ask because somebody else took it after I asked my first question was about the Undertaker. And then I actually did have a question about Gradle and the back burner as well. So two legends are wrestling right there. I, I get screwed out <laughs> of asking about either the Undertaker or Gradle. <laughs> so here we have it. It's Drew McIntyre in three questions. John, well done for doing the entire intro to that and not going, friend! (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Drew. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I want to take you on the quickest trip down memory lane before I ask my question, if that's okay. About five years ago, uh, shortly after you were released from WWE, I remember um, you were in a certain rock club in Glasgow watching WrestleMania 31 on the big screen with a load of uh, a load of us, and five years later, on the stage, essentially, that we were watching that night, you won the big one, you won the WWE Championship. But my favourite thing about the Drew McIntyre that we're seeing right now is how much freedom you seem to have. Um, it seems like it's just you going out there. I don't know if it's a compliment or an insult, but it seems like you're just going out there and naturally being yourself. Um, who is to thank for that? Have you got, you know, what kind of influences likes of... Paul Heyman, Triple H, or Vince McMahon had on that? Or is it just all you being yourself? I mean, inevitably, um, you know, it comes down to it's a man being, you know, cool with everything. And if it's working, he's going to be cool with it. I think like a Paul Heyman knows uh, exactly who I am, what I'm capable of, and what I was doing outside of the company. And was maybe looking for that opportunity to let me be myself, to allow Mr. McMahon to see that. And as well as a writing team, you know, they follow the stuff outside the company. It was great people we worked with. Um, but that's the cool thing about right now, aside from watching the WrestleMania and the Cat House all those years ago and actually being in the main event. WrestleMania is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I can't pinpoint it exactly. Uh, but Paul Heyman reminded me recently that there was a particular promo I did. There was a dark match after Rod finished. It was a cage match. They basically said, go buy some time. I went out, sat in the barricade, and I was just myself. I was Drew Galloway. Um, I interacted with the crowd, and I remember fans stopping and turning around and walking back down because I was just having fun, being silly, being the real Drew, being sarcastic, telling jokes that aren't funny half the time. And that's the real me. But when the bell rings, they always know I'm going to kick butt. And I guess that's part of my charm 
is that I'm a bit goofy and a bit silly at times. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I will kick your butt and I've got a relatable story. So it is really cool to be the real me. And like you say, if you looked at the pieces of paper that say words on them before I go out there, I'd be shocked if you found four um, <laughs> that actually come out on television. Because uh, I, I just speak right from the heart. You know, it comes from Drew. I am Drew. I know Drew because I'm the real Drew. And I get that guidance from people around me um, to keep bringing the world Drew. And hopefully it resonates with everybody. I had a little two-parter here that hopefully leads on a little bit from the last one, but ends on a nice note. Um, so we did speak about, you know, there's kind of two pandemics at the moment, if you will. There's a mental health one going on as well. Um, we've noticed that quite harshly in the wrestling world this past week. You know, the tragic passing of uh, Hannah Kimura. Even closer to WWE, Alexa Bliss has had some pretty horrible comments this week. What would you say to the people out there that are either being bullied or doing the bullying? I mean, there are so many, uh, you know, scenarios and situations around the world that are incredibly upsetting. Um, I don't think that Drew McIntyre is the person that should be speaking on it. Um, I think you should just ask yourself, you know, would I like it if somebody said that to me? You know, it's as simple as that. You know, it takes a lot of effort to not be nice and it doesn't take any effort to be nice. Just be nice. Excellent. That's the reason I asked that is obviously because you are you mentioned it before so close to your on-screen role in terms of your off-screen role and just who you are as a person. Leading on from that, the one person I wanted to ask you about um, was someone who opened up to the world shortly after being released, and it's Drake Maverick. Uh, what do you think about what's going on with him right now in his um, WWE journey? Yeah, it's the real uh, Drake Maverick. You know, that's the real spud. Um, he's very, very passionate about this industry, much like myself. He's, he's always wanted to do. He's gave his entire life to it. Um, and, you know, again, in the situation that he was in, he just put his heart in his sleeve and told the world, you know, I'm still going to keep doing this. He would, and he'd be successful wherever he went. But I th he's so capable of multiple multiple different roles not just in the ring like he's so talented when it comes to you know his mind he could be writing the show he could be helping with characters he can be on the show he can be a manager he's so multi-talented and i do think you know um going off of the storyline which he created himself you know he will be around and he's going to have a long future here and uh, not just on camera but off camera too excellent thank you so much thank you so, welcome to Fantasy Cooking Island once again. On this island, anything goes. It's me imagine what could be in the world of wrestling. This week, it's myself, who is in a horrendous losing streak on this island, uh, against a man who never loses, Big Alex. And this week, I would say that you've been quarantined on this island, John. Yeah, <laughs> it's looking that way. Uh, this week, Gary has the book. What are we booking, Gary? Remind us. So, yeah. We keep saying that I love my name drops. Of course, I was taking the opportunity here to name drop somebody that I interviewed, which was Matt Riddle, who is, of course, now a SmackDown superstar. I get the big introduction this week by none other than Kurt Angle. It looks like he's going to be making a pretty big impact on SmackDown, getting a pretty big push. So I want you guys to give us the initial push for Matt Riddle. Book his SmackDown debut and where we go from his SmackDown debut. Okay, so we decide who goes first by flipping um, one of Gary Cassidy's badges. Um, that's tradition <laughs> now. Have you got the badge ready to flip, Gary? 
Of course, I've always got plenty of badges in front where, of me just, because I'm a mark for myself. Where can we get ourselves a Gary Cassidy badge, Gary? Well, while you're on uh, Spreadshirt.com buying a wrestling daft t-shirt, you can just type in Gary Cassidy and then you'll take uh, that'll take you right over to my store where we've got one t-shirt with one design on it. <laughs> Actually, many t-shirts really with one design on it. You get sold out of badges and we run out of something to toss. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the badge? Never going to happen. Maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> what's the um, Okay. Who wants to call? You go, Alex. Oh, John. Mugs away, mate. Mugs away. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll take heads. And we are on tails, which is the back of the badge. So, uh, do I go first? Alex's choice. Oh, I'm going to let John go first. <laughs> I'm going to let John. It's just in case he runs over, as he always does, and we can just call him out before I even have to do it. Okay, no problem. And... Just to check, three-minute time limit? Yeah, three minutes on yep. the clock. Here we go. This is my attempt at booking Matt Riddle. Start that timer. So on SmackDown, we've moved uh, Matt Riddle up. And he's on his own. He's not with Kurt Angle at this point. Um, so we get, immediately get him into fights with Dolph Ziggler. He goes in there, loses that match. Then faces Cesaro the next week. Loses that match. Then faces Chad Gable, Throat Shorty G, loses that match. At this point, Kurt Angle comes in because he is Kurt Angle's boy. And you start seeing some backstage segments as Kurt Angle tries to coach Matt and the fact that you need to up your game here, son. This is not NXT anymore. This is the main roster and this is what you need to do. You need ruthless aggression. Okay? So, basically... We come. We then start seeing more matches with uh, Matt. As Mid and Morrison start teasing him over the fact he's on this losing streak, um, and he gets into a fight with uh, John Morrison, and that losing streak continues even with Kurt's uh, coaching. So then move on to a match with the Miz next week. Again, he's in this whole you know coming down as Matt Riddle, you know the bro, really lackadaisical. And he looks like he's going to lose the match until Kurt comes down to the ring and starts trying to coach him. But then there's a bit of shenanigans. Morrison uh, gets involved. Again, Miz goes over Matt Riddle. So basically, Kurt gets into the ring, starts pushing about Riddle in his face completely, and Matt just snapped. Boom, gets him in the pro-mission, absolutely taking him out. And then you, you basically walks up the ramp and all you see is the camera cutting the cut with a smile on his face, okay? Next thing, you get a very Spider-Man 2-esque scene where someone finds Matt Riddle's flip-flops in the bin and goes, here he is. So next week, we come back. All new Matt Riddle, version 2. He has got new ring garb and he is wearing ring boots with a new ring entrance. He is Matt Riddle when he goes psycho Matt Riddle, like we saw against uh, Thatcher, he is this guy all the way now. And he goes into the ring with Miz in a rematch and obliterates him. He comes in like he was going in against Thatcher. This is the new Matt Riddle, a kick-ass. He's got cut angle by his side. And then once he's dealt with all these demons of the bro, he goes on a run for the IC title. And I'd love to see AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle. Ooh, two minutes oh, and forty John. seconds. Actually, that's your best effort yet. I, I, I like Aye. that. Nice and concise. The, the things I liked was uh, I was really hoping that we'd get some kind of Kurt Angle um, return and doing something to change Matt Riddle. 
I like the wearing boots. I like the throwing the flip flops in the bin. Um, the one thing I don't like is obviously Matt Riddle starting out in a losing streak, but I can see why we went there. Yeah. Uh, but I good effort. Definitely your best effort, John. I would say. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Alex is about to pull me out the water. I know. <laughs> these, can I can I just point out these are going to be. Very similar. <laughs> Very this, similar. This might be the equivalent of James Ellsworth getting a couple of punches into Braun Strowman before Braun Strowman steamrolls him, I think. <laughs> Just no, 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 no. I've got to give John a few. I'm like, definitely lose this week. So unlike John, I'm actually going to start off Matt with Kurt Angle. So uh, Matt's going to come out with him and Kurt's going to put his arm on his shoulder and there's going to be this weird kind of idea that Kurt's going to try and train him. And at the end of their segment, Kurt comes up with something along the lines of, because you know, a cage fair is not as good as a wrestler. So it starts off in the first couple of matches, Matt goes out, he has his squashes, but Kurt keeps trying to give him like advice in the middle of the match. And he's like, you know, do more submissions, do more of this. And you know, Matt's, he's starting to get a little, a little bit annoyed with it. So we have to go cut to a couple more backstage segments, similar to John, he's trying to train him, he's trying to make him wear shoes. And eventually Matt just gets to the stage. He's like, bro, Stallion Kurt, I've had enough of this, man. No, no, no. So. Him and Kurt are still kind of together, and he comes out for a number one contendership match for the IC title the week after against Cesaro. So about halfway through the match, Kurt's trying to train him, Kurt's trying to train him, Kurt's trying to train him. Then it starts to turn out halfway through the match that Kurt's not trying to train Matt. Kurt's actually trying to train Cesaro. So just towards the end of the night, the audience have got this, but Matt hasn't. Kurt trips Matt, Cesaro gets the pin, one, two, three. Cesaro takes the number one IC title shot. Kurt comes on the mic and he says, I could never side with a cage fighter you with like you. I am a wrestling purist, and as such, I will support the wrestling purist. So for the next few weeks, Cesaro gets a bit of a major push towards the IC title scene. He takes down Brian. There's all those backstage segments. He puts on a singlet. He puts on the mouth shield that Kurt does. He takes a lot of the Kurt imagery. In the meantime, Matt just starts legitimizing himself. Matt's pissed. Matt's like, that's fine. I'm going to do this my own way. I'm going to do this as Matt Riddle. So he starts tearing a path of destruction. Eventually he kind of starts to encounter Kurt and Kurt starts bad mouthing him and he goes, Kurt, do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do the one thing you can. I'm gonna beat Baron Corbin, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring. So of course, the number one contendership match for Cesaro's IC title comes out and it's Matt Riddle versus Baron Corbin. Matt Riddle beats him in about 12 seconds, just to really rob the salt in the wound to Kurt. So we build up to the big match, which is the IC title match, which is Cesaro with Kurt Angle in his corner versus Matt Riddle. And we move it into the fight pit. Let's do it in the fight pit because John wants to keep it for NXT. I want to give it to Matt Riddle as his gimmick match. And so all in all, we put Matt Riddle and Cesaro into the fight pit. They have a hell of a match. We get them both, or, both over. And the end of the match is Matt Riddle winning the IC title with Kurt Angle raising both their arms in the middle of the ring and proclaiming that this guy's legit, or something along those lines. Almost exactly the same amount of time taken. Two minutes and 27 seconds. <laughs> I'll admit, oh. I didn't have that one written down, so I was just hoping, and I didn't start my timer, so I was just hoping I was going to stop before you started. <laughs> I love that because you had uh, Matt Riddle against Corbin and beating him quickly, which I keep saying that, you know, I, I really need to see Matt Riddle getting retribution on Corbin for the Well, plus he, he eliminated him from the Rumble, so it two cents because it's Kurt and him, and it's... Damn it, I thought of that. That's nicely tied up, and also the Cesaro... Um, being the wrestling purist, being teamed with Kurt Angle as well, because I think that would do him well. And Matt Riddle said he wanted to face Cesaro. 
Annoyingly, I really wanted to give John the win, and I was about to give him the win about 30 seconds into Alex's one, and then you've managed to do a Viking Raider Street Profits and get me back in and get me uh, entertained. So as much as I hate to say it, the streak continues. Ah! Ah! (laughs) There's something really satisfying about taking John down with a booking that's completely almost based around Cesaro, which is one of his favourite wrestlers. (laughs) (laughs) And he has the t-shirt that says the wrestling purist on it. I really wish he was wearing it today. (sighs) Damn it. it. That that one shouldn't be understated how close that was because I was, you know, 30 seconds into Alex's one, I was ready to give it to John. Well done, Alex. Well done. The streak continues. Thank you, John. That was a very good booking. And I, yeah, you were very unlucky this week. I think you were very unlucky. Got it. See, if you'd have thrown a Corbin booking in there, I think you'd have taken that. Aye. <laughs> so that's it for this week's show. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Remember, Wrestling Dab goes twice a week with us on the Tuesday and with Rab and Gregor on the Friday. This Friday, we believe it's the return of Sha Samuels for the hat trick. Um, so I hope you're going to have an NSFW tag on that episode because considering what him and Grady got into last time and those were, you know, the intro stories, I can imagine things are going to get pretty dark. It will be <laughs> Dark is not the word. Dark is not the word. <laughs> uh, Deprived is probably more accurate because I realise we're in dark times and that can be bad times. We are. Uh, if you haven't heard the interview with Lanny Popper from last week, that's really, really good as well. He talks a lot about the Macho Man on that. Uh, remember, you can get us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, and get our merch at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft because you know you need a t shirt. Um, this Friday, the list of wrestling daft that we know we're having. Between coronavirus and riots in America, we're having a horrible time at the moment. So we thought we'd brighten things up with the funniest moments in wrestling. Alex, have you got a funniest moment in wrestling? Oh, see, I, I just I just everything Chris Jericho. So things like your man of a thousand holds. I mean, even his new latest AEW run, the stuff with Hager with the sorry, and the Matt Hardy with the are you inner circle or elite and the Sorry, the elite, the delete, the elite, and all that jazz. I think he's been ridiculously good, and I wish you'd give me more time to prepare. Oh, that's okay. Gary, have you got a funniest moment in wrestling? I'm gonna go for a recent one. Um, it's a kind of catch-all thing, you know. It's everything that uh, our truth does on television, but. It even happened last night when he, you know, pinned Gronk for the championship, which we all loved. The WWE on Fox account, which is of course like a semi-official account, put up the and new. And you know, normally they have the title name. They had the 24-7-48-7-7-11, you know, the big spew on that thing. So I just think R-Truth, everything he does is absolutely amazing. I think he's, he's hilarious. I think we also have to put over both Big E and Becky Lynch on Twitter. As they're both fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that count? Not really. <laughs> I'll tell you my, my favourite one. Uh, you've got I Can't Look Beyond the Kane, Hulk Hogan Rock promo. I, just, I think that's just brilliant. Just brilliant comic timing and that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, um, before we move on, Gary, you've got a story about virtual backgrounds which we forgot to get to earlier on. So what, what is happening with virtual backgrounds in AEW? Yeah, so obviously we're using Zoom a lot these days. Um, every single week we've got our virtual backgrounds up on uh, Wrestling Daft for the Patreons to see when they're watching the marks um, and just for our own entertainment as well. 
So, last week, we all had AEW backgrounds on Zoom um, because we were recapping Double or Nothing. And right before I went on my WWE conference call, somebody sent me a message to say, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to use a virtual background. Can you give me some help? And I was like, wait, I've still got an AEW virtual background on. Let me get that off. And I had to Google frantically two minutes before we went on the conference call how to remove a virtual background while you're still in limbo. Um, so I managed to get it off, thankfully, but that's uh, one way to get blacklisted before you get on the call. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Christ. Imagine. And for anyone wondering, uh, the image was uh, Adam Page on the horse as well in the middle of the stadium stampede match. <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't Brody Lee and Vince McMahon, let's be honest. Well, there you go. You also, I, I'll tell you a story about one of my... I'll tell you off air about a suit. In fact, I'll tell you, basically, my friend's uh, wife was having a princess party for his, um, his, his kid and stuff, and they're doing it on Zoom. And uh, we were playing poker the night before, and being lads, 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 he'd put a massive cock as his virtual background. So when she started off the princess party for a bunch of seven-year-olds, basically, there was a massive cock in the background, and she was all she heard was, Stephen! Stephen! What have you done? Get off! As Anna and Elsa were actually. Um, so, yeah. Make sure you that makes me feel better. <laughs> right, yeah, I think that's worse. That's far worse. Listen, thank you very much for listening to Wrestling Daft the Marks. Until next week, keep on being a mark. I really got to work in this catchphrase. It's just the way you did that. As well. I know what it was. Join us next week where we'll be marking out. Audio Frontier. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.